Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. voices and in my mind's eye I can see all your smiling faces and I believe that one day very soon we will be able to see the faces behind the masks now whether we like it or not we have to wear them unfortunately they are now part of the society in which we live and I've got to admit, there's some really, really colourful ones out there. I saw one the other day, had a picture of the Grinch on it, and it said, I hate wearing this mask. And I can identify with that, but one good thing that has come out of wearing masks is that people are more aware of the deaf community, of which I happen to be a member of. And... Um, Thanks to the Lord above, I'll be continuing with my sign language this year. So let's see what God's got in store. Well, not just talking about masks, but one of my favourite, favourite TV shows is Say Yes to the Dress. I never had the opportunity to be a proper bride. My mother thought it was totally inappropriate because I'd already had a child. And by the time husband number three came along, I'm getting married in the registry office, I really didn't give it any thought. And I'm like, oh, I love this show. Oh, I don't like that silhouette. Oh, I like that material. And it got me thinking about bridal veils. Did you know that it was either the early Greeks or the early Romans that decided that brides needed to have their faces covered prior to their wedding so that the evil spirits wouldn't get them. Hmm, okay. But I've got to admit, some of those cathedral veils, you know, the long, lazy, and I can't get over the price. $7,000 for a veil. I think I'd rather spend the money on something else. But it's not just brides that wore veils. Did you know that Moses wore a veil? Yes? Yeah, apparently, uh, after he came down from the top of Mount Sinai, the glory of God shone through his face to the point where they're like, we can't look at your face. So he had to wear a veil. So what we're going to be doing today, we're going to be looking at a verse in the Bible, uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verses 3, 2 to 18. But first we're going to pray. So let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you so much that we can come together and hear your word, piece by piece, bit by bit, and that we can draw closer to you with a, a deeper understanding of you. So I just want to say thank you, Father God, for the words that you've given me, 
for the ears that will hear it and for the love that you give. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 18, starting at verse 12. Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day the same veil, ignorance and darkness, remain when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only Christ can take it away. And by acknowledging Christ, the veil is to be removed. And even to this day when Moses is read, the veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay, so that's what we're going, oh yeah, there's one more, and I can't read that up at the back, so anyway... What we're going to do is we're going to dissect. We're going to be a little bit of a surgeon today. We're going to dissect these verses, verse by verse, and work out what they mean. So let's give it a go. What does it mean in verse 12 when it says, Therefore, since we have such a hope. Hope is a very, very powerful word and that can make us very bold I know I've shared this story before but I'm going to share it again because not everyone's heard it back in 2000 I had been through um, an extremely violent marriage and a friend of mine very dear friend of mine asked me to go to her church and hear her testimony And I'm like, no, I am never walking into a church again. And she was ringing me up four and five times a day. You're such an important part of my life. You're my best friend. You need to come with me and hear my testimony. Well, it got to the stage where I said yes just to shut her up. And I went and heard her preacher speak in her church. Now, after she gave her testimony, the pastor got up. And he spoke about the hope that we have in Jesus. And I sat there getting angrier and angrier and angrier because of the violence I had been through so many years before. And I was determined that I was going to have a chat with this pastor and prove to him that there is no such thing as hope. Because every time I got my hopes up, they were dashed. So I made my appointment. And on the Tuesday after that Sunday, two o'clock at my friend Sue's house, half an hour after speaking with the pastor, one of us was on our knees giving their heart back to the Lord and it wasn't the pastor. Hope. We can't live without hope. And hope does make us bold. Verse 13 says... 
We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. After Moses shattered the Ten Commandments that he had received on the top of Mount Sinai, after receiving a pardon from God for what the Israelites had done, dear old Moses spent 40 days in the presence of God. But when he turned to the bottom of the mount, his face shone so brightly with God's glory that Aaron was afraid of Moses' face. So Moses decided to wear a veil when he was with the people. And you can find this story in the book of Exodus, chapter 35, verses 33 to 35. Verse 14. But their minds were made dull. For to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only... In Christ, it can be taken away. The Reader's Digest version of that statement would be, only by acknowledging Christ can the veil be removed. Verse 15 says, even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. That veil belongs to the old covenant. It is the veil that covers the minds of the Jewish people. For they read the Old Testament and they refuse to see Christ as its fulfillment. And consequently, they cannot properly understand it. Either they cannot or they don't want to. That is their personal choice. Verse 16 says... But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When Jesus died for our sins, he fulfilled the demands of the old covenant on our behalf. Before leaving us, Jesus said that a new helper would be sent and that helper is the Holy Spirit. But when the law, the Jewish law, remains in one's life, that is by not accepting Jesus, there is bondage. And when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is in control, there is freedom. The Holy Spirit dwells in the hearts of the children of God, which in turn enables us to walk with God. Because Jesus' sacrifice on that cross was the bridge between us and God, the bridge that had been destroyed when Adam and Eve disobeyed and were evicted from the Garden of Eden. The Holy Spirit brings freedom from death and sin. But the law brings slavery. Christians are free because Christ redeemed us from the penalty of the law. We are free from that law. And Christ is the only one who can give us spiritual freedom. 
This does not mean that Christians are free from God's standards of living on righteousness. Biblical freedom does not make Christians autonomous from God. True freedom is to be forgiven from your sins, enabling enabling the believer to live the way that God wants them to. To turn to Christ from the law is to turn from a code that spiritually enslaves a person by precepts and rituals. Moses hid his face. We don't have to. The law places structures on conduct by a set of rules where the Holy Spirit transforms life from within. And it's not just, oh, I've got to go and obey that law. It's I want to obey that law. The Holy Spirit transforms life from within by convictions, desires and affections. It enables the Christian to do what the law requires with the added benefit of being forgiven for your sins and to be able to have that relationship with God the Father, something that could not have been done in the old covenant. Basically, the law meant that if you don't do as you're told, one flash in your ash. God's unconditional love and grace eliminates the conditional promises of the law. And verse 18 states, And we all who, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So what have we learnt today? I'll tell you what, this is a short one today, folks. With our unveiled faces, we allow the glory of our Heavenly Father to shine through us. You have people come up to you and say, oh, I don't know what's going on, there's something different about you, but I can't put my finger on it. Because that's God shining through you. We choose to focus on Christ and reject the lies and deception of this world. We choose to focus on God's mercy and grace. We choose to spend time in prayer and with scripture. We choose to serve others with joy. And most importantly, we choose to listen to the voice of God. Our very own church creed says it all. It's up here on the wall. Authentic community, relational evangelism, fervent prayer, radical generosity, and welcoming 
hospitality. We exist to see Gawler transformed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Being humble means recognising that we are not here to show how important we are. We are just a reflection of the glory, the glory that Moses had and hid behind a veil. Because back then, if it was us, we would have to wear that veil, that mask. And unfortunately, some of us do not focus on the good. Some of us focus more on the law instead of the spirit. Now, before I finish, I want to share a story with you. A young professor held up a piece of paper with a small black dot in the middle of the page. And he asked his student to write about what they saw. The following day, he addressed his students, telling them that they all wrote about the same thing, the little black dot, even down to the position of that dot in the sheet of paper. He said that the interesting thing was that the black dot only made 1% of the page, while the remaining 99% of the page was white. He continued saying that this is very much like our human nature. We tend to focus on the black dot instead of seeing the white space around it. We have a whole world example, the white on the sheet of paper, to imagine, to design and create, and yet we tend to focus on the meaning of the darkness and depression of the little black dot. We focus on minute details, distractions, the problems of the dark spot in our lives. So why not forget about the dark spot or turn it into something useful while we focus on the bigger picture, the white paper, which can be filled with infinite possibilities for change and growth, just like the change and the growth from the old covenant to the new, where we can have our freedom in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit by giving our hearts to the Lord God, our Saviour, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's all about how you see the world. And see how much of a difference well, we, that we can make in the lives of other people by sharing the gospel, by being that reflection of the light of Jesus Christ so that people come up to you and say, there's something different about you, something beautiful. I don't know what it is, but I want to share in it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, and for the sacrifice that was made on the cross. Your grace and mercy 
are more than what we deserve. We are so grateful that we do have the Holy Spirit to intervene on your behalf, our behalf, so that we can be one with the Father. We ask that you open our spiritual eyes and ears so that we can hear you more fervently, so that we can share your love and grace with the rest of the people that we come across. And bless us, Father, with the right words that we need to transform the lives of Gawler to Jesus Christ. And in his name we say thank you and amen.